0: BLOB TALK RADIO About some teams. One thing that we have found out, folks, is that there are no gimmies once conference play starts up. That's one thing that we found out. And we found out from the Duke Blue Devils, who have dropped two straight games. This Blue Devils team losing to Miami earlier this week at home. And the Hurricanes didn't get it done in close fashion. Now, they they were able to really control Duke for a good portion of that game. And the Blue Devils getting it done. And that just shows. The Blue Devils unable to get it done. Miami getting it done. And I think that that just shows. In a situation like that, Duke coming off a loss. Following Miami 90-74 to on Tuesday night. Boston, North Carolina, stayed on Sunday by 12. There's never going to be a gimme in league play. And while Jaleel Okafor and Emil Jefferson are two fantastic players, and Okafor is going to be an All-American and could very well be the number one pick in the NBA draft, that does not mean here, just like Jabari Parker last year, Talk about players all you want. Duke's front court beyond those two players, Jefferson and Okafor is thin. Is very thin. And when Justice Winslow is not able to give them much because of the way he plays, folks, it's when that tweener style in between causes many issues for an opposing defense when he's not able to get it done. That's where Duke all of a sudden, turns into well, not a top five team in the country. And now they have to take on number six Louisville at the Yum Center on Saturday at noon. Dig deep, time, Duke. It's going to be January 17, and you got to dig deep. You got to avoid a third straight loss. Look at this team. They're 83. They've got 83.2 points per game. They're sixth in the country. With 83.2 points per game, they rebound the basketball. They are able to dish the ball off, whatever they want to do with it. They've got all the talent. But, but, you alter the front court a little bit, and you make it a battle that has to focus on Tyus Jones and Quinn Cook, and then Winslow, and all of a sudden becomes not a top-five team because we're seeing it time and again. When it becomes a backcourt matchup in college basketball, that's what it starts with. And if you make it a backcourt matchup, if you're a team that's looking for a big win, you've got to make it a backcourt matchup because if a team's having an off night from the field, then you can give yourself a shot. Joshua Newman from the Ashbury Park Press as well as SNY, he's going to join me at eleven Let's get to the Pac-12. We'll get back to Duke and Louisville. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see one matchup coming up on Saturday afternoon. I'll tell you about that later on in the show, and it has to do with Mr. Winslow. Going to have to face a certain black shear. We'll get to that later. Arizona, 10th-ranked Wildcats, coming off an upset loss at Oregon State. They win tonight over Colorado, 68-54. to Folks, this team's got Caleb Tarzuski. He had 14 in the game. Brandon Ashley had seven. Rondae Hollis-Jefferson just had two. T.J. McConnell's going to give you about eight points at most, eight eight to ten maybe. And he's just not the type of guy that's going to go off. And he gives the Wildcats eight. So Tarzuzki 14, Ashley 7, McConnell 8. How the heck did Arizona get to 68 points tonight? Stanley Johnson with 22. And this guy is going to find himself getting some big-time postseason accolades. 7-15 of from the field. Didn't hit a three. He attacks the rim. He took three threes tonight. It wasn't like he was going off. They got some good contribution, a big contribution off the bench. That was from Elliott tonight, Arizona. Arizona doesn't have a a ton of scoring off the bench, and this offense can go flat. But what gives this team the capabilities to make something happen in the tournament come March is they've got a kid like Stanley Johnson who's not afraid to go to the rim. Having said that, are the Wildcats in the Elite Eight team right now? They are not. They are not. And I thought that they were going into the season. But they are not getting enough offensive production, and now they have to face Utah on Saturday. And if you haven't heard of the Utes, well then you are not following college basketball closely enough. Because the Utes have been nothing short of fantastic. This team eighth in this week's AP Top 25, and they start and end with one guy, DeLon Wright. Taking on Arizona State tonight, they're up by 17 at the half. They scored 40 in one half. Does Arizona have the scoring capabilities to keep up with Utah if Utah's able to open up the game? This is a Utah team. That was down by over 20 to Kansas on December 13th. And we'll get to Kansas in a little bit because they're not going anywhere in the Big 12. They're going to be at the top of the Big 12. I'll tell you about them in a little bit. It's the Utah team that was down big to them. Came back, lost by three, 63-60, but the effort was there. They beat Wichita State on December 3rd. Some lost to Kansas. Tough. It practically came in Kansas. It was practically a home game for Kansas. Not to make excuses, but it's true. And then they lost to San Diego State at San Diego State. You have lost to two ranked opponents by a combined score of seven. They went over Wichita State, went over UNLV. The Utah Utes are for real. So I'm right. 14.9 points per game. But this is beyond the stats here. This team, it's not just right. We knew he'd be good. But their ball movement is pretty on point, right? He's got nearly six assists per game. He's a true leader, folks, not afraid to take the big-time shot. And when you've got that type of a kid, well, be a game-changer. He can be a game-changer. And that's what he's been. They've got a veteran who can get it done late in games. And you're also in a conference in the Pac-12, folks, that is very top-heavy. Very top-heavy. Jordan Loveridge has added something down low as a junior. This team as a whole really has a good amount of now some experience. And Wright is just a big-time performer. Knows how to get it done late in games. It's the kind of player that he is. We're going to welcome in Josh Newman coming up at eleven ten. But I go back to it, and we're starting out with the Pac-12 here tonight because I think Saturday's showdown, one of them, has got to be Arizona and Utah. Because Arizona's having trouble scoring the basketball. Stanley Johnson's a fantastic performer on one side. And is going to be able to find the buck. But I look at Utah and I look at this team and I look at the veterans that they have and I look at what they did earlier this year against Kansas in what was practically a road game and it automatically makes me think that this Utah team, they lost by three to Kansas earlier this season. i mark it down again. Yes, they did. But their ability to really get going offensively, that's going to be tough for Sean Miller's Wildcats to contain. And the way Arizona's playing right now, not completely confident. They got it done tonight over Colorado. Not completely confident and ready to say. I, I can honestly say this. The Arizona team, with the way they're playing right now, it's it's lead eight at best, and I can't put them in there right now. It's January 15th, though, and there's a long, long way to go. And in a Pac-12 conference, and frankly, yeah, it's got its flaws. There's no doubt about that. But it gives, it gives this conference a big-time showdown on Saturday. A couple other big showdowns get to Duke, Louisville, Kansas, Iowa State, and then Ohio State and Iowa in a curious Big Ten conference. And we're going to start with the Big Ten tonight as we welcome in our guest. He is the great Josh Newman from Ashbury Park Press. He's also a contributor for SNY. Josh joins us now on the hotline on Late Night Hoops. Josh, how are you?
1: John, how are you, sir?
0: I'm doing well. Hope all is well, my friend. If there's anything that we've learned about conference play thus far, it's that if you're looking for a gimme, you're, you've are you gone to the wrong place. And nobody's experienced that more than the Duke Blue Devil. And with two straight losses, Josh, this team to me, I, I opened up the show with this, beyond Emil Jefferson and beyond Jabari, uh, beyond Jaleel Okafor, I think it's a little similar to last year in that you, you look past Jabari Parker and weren't all that deep down low, this year, Jefferson certainly gives Okafor some good help, but beyond that, Josh, it's just not all that deep down low. And the Blue Devils are having some trouble right now getting any production more than out of those two bigs. Winslow struggling against Miami, and as a result, uh, they they didn't get beat by Miami. They got commanded.
1: You know they're having they're having the same problems that they've had in previous years. They can't really control quick guards. They can't keep you know fast, speedy point guards from getting into the lane. You know, their defense, a lot of their defense, is, you know, it's predicated on overplaying passing lanes, not allowing teams to get into their stuff on offense, and that's really what's killed them in some of these big spots last year. You look at a team like Miami uh, with Angel Rodriguez. He was living in the lane the other night. He was doing anything he wanted. That was a blowout at Cameron, as you said and you look at a game you know, on Saturday against a team like Louisville, Chris Jones, Terry Rozier, it's going to be the same problems with these guards that are just going to be living in the lane. And as you said, conference play, it's not a gimme. Miami, NC State coming up, they're going to have to find a way to do something on defense because what they're doing now, is it's it's broken, honestly. The Blue Devils with
0: two straight losses. We know Coach K is nearing that 1,000 win mark. It's not going to be easy. Maybe a couple away, and you, now you face the Louisville team, Josh, so you got to think. Josh Newman joining us from Ashbury Park Press. He's on Late Night Host tonight. I'm John Sansa. you got to think Montrezl Harrell is going to make an impact on this ball game, and if Louisville's guards are able to get out on the break, this is going to be very difficult for Duke to handle with the way the Blue Devils are playing right now because, Josh, that's exactly what Terry Rozier, a player like him, loves to do, and this Louisville backcourt, if they get out on that break and they're quick about doing it, uh, th- that's how Patino, that's how he has really implemented this offense this season is that they're able to run and they're able to get out and get easy buckets. Uh, this is going to be a handful for this offense, and it comes at a pretty bad time between facing Rozier and Jones.
1: Yeah, no, there's no doubt. If you Let's just pretend that Kentucky just didn't it, exist for a second. If you were talking about national title contenders, I mean, Louisville – Louisville's on the short list of teams that can really play deep into March and can really win the whole thing. Jones and Rozier and Montrezl Harrell uh, and Wayne Blackster. That's a national title contending team. You know, Duke, not, you know, as we've seen these last two games, probably not on that level yet. You figure that with Okafor kind of leading the way, you figure that they'll be there maybe at the end. But right now, can't really put them in that group. If you're talking about, you know, title contenders, Kentucky, Louisville, I don't personally trust a team like uh, Gonzaga. We don't really know what they are yet. But, you know, Louisville is good, and they're going to be there, and that's a that's a tall test for Duke on Saturday in all facets.
0: Now, we're starting the show off with Duke. I said we got to get to the Big Ten with you, Josh. Josh Newman joins us from Ashbury Park Press tonight. He's on late, night. hopes to meet John Fanta. And, Josh, just when you thought you'd seen it all, Rutgers was able to uh, not only – be able to beat Wisconsin at the rack, but and they were in the game against Maryland, which just shows a little bit of curiosity, to say the least, on this conference. Is it truly a down year for the Big Ten conference?
1: I don't know if it's a down year for the Big Ten conference. I think Rutgers is definitely playing over their heads. They perform very well. I know that Frank Kaminsky missed that Wisconsin game on Sunday, and people, yeah. you know, people made a big deal of that, and with good reason, because Frank Kaminsky is a, a consensus All American. He's going to be a lottery pick in six months, but that doesn't matter. Rutgers, you know, they, they outplayed Wisconsin for 40 minutes. And then, you know, coming off that win, you would think, okay, maybe there will, you know, be some sort of hangover going down to College Park, but there wasn't. They went down there. They took it to Maryland for probably about 37 minutes before Maryland kind of woke up and did what they had to do. But, you know, Rutgers is, you know, they've been a, a pleasant surprise, certainly so far in the Big Ten. I think, um, you know, people were giving them maybe three Big Ten wins, four Big Ten wins, and people were taking the under on the on the three or four Big Ten wins. So, you know, Rutgers has been uh, a very pleasant surprise. You know, despite any shortcomings they may have had during their non-conference schedule. Well,
0: and it's a good thing that Maryland has been able to enter the Big Ten for the conference's sake, because they have definitely given it a little bit more legitimacy this season. I, I look at a matchup like Ohio State and Iowa this Saturday. I think that is really a big-time showdown for each one of these teams, Josh, because I think you look at the the conference as a whole, and you've got Maryland, Wisconsin at the top of the league. Then there's Indiana, who's a very good offensive team, and Tom Crean's doing good things with Yogi Ferrell and, and company there, along with Blackman as well. Iowa, Michigan State, and then Ohio State, is in there as well. And between the two of those teams, these two teams facing off on Saturday, Ohio State and Iowa, they're two of those teams that you want to say you know a lot about, but I look at the Hawkeyes, and you know what, they just aren't really completely deep. They've got Aaron White, uh, but you know what, last week when they didn't get production, when Michigan State shut down the Iowa starters, well, that that was about it. Michigan State broke out and able to make a ton of threes. Uh, on the other side, but, and then there's a team like Ohio state and you know what? D'Angelo Russell's doing a little bit of everything, but beyond him, they, it, they just don't say it ton to me, Josh. And these are the two teams that are very curious in the league. The Buckeyes lost to Iowa earlier this season. What happens this time?
1: You know, there's, and everything you said is definitely spot on in terms of the pecking order within the big 10. But again, you know, Fran McCaffrey teams, those teams are, you know, they're technically sound they play hard, and despite probably not having as much talent as some of those upper-tier Big Ten teams, they're going to play hard, and they're probably not going to get run out of the gym, no matter who they play. The other side, D'Angelo Russell, clearly be the best player in that game. And, again, kind of like Iowa, Ohio State never never has the most talent in the Big Ten, but you can count on them being a factor going into March, playing well, being a threat in the Big Ten tournament, being a threat in the NCAA tournament, more years than not. You know, it's two teams, you know, they're a little dangerous. They're on the outside. You know, they're on the periphery of, you know, those upper-tier Big Ten teams, but certainly two teams that you definitely can't forget about.
0: Josh Newman joining us from Ashbury Park Press. So, Josh, you break this down, and I know it's January right now, but – I, I think you look at it: Maryland, Wisconsin, uh, Indiana's played pretty good basketball, as well as no doubt about that. An outstanding offensive team, that's for sure. The way Iowa, Michigan State, Ohio State are playing, uh, they, this is a six-bit league right now. Uh, beyond that, though, I, I don't see a seventh team coming out of this league.
1: No, probably not. I, you know, I, I think you nailed it with the six teams, but the, the, those six. Are are very very good. I've seen Maryland live. I saw Maryland without Des Wells. Mello Trimble is he's special, and he's one of the top My freshmen team. in the nation. He he's special. He really is, John. And and he's a guy that's really not getting you know not getting talked about all that much because you have Tyus Jones and Jaleel Okafor and and Cliff Alexander at Kansas and Kelly Oubre at Kansas. And Mello Trimble was a five star kid coming out of high school, but he hasn't gotten that much buzz, but. He's he's the reason why Maryland's ranked I think their 14th in the country right now and a lot of that is on yeah. is on Trimble because Des Wells was out with a wrist injury for like six weeks and you know that Maryland, I really really like that Maryland team not not a lot of buzz but they're playing very very well in their first year in the Big Ten they if if somebody wanted to argue that they were the best team or the second best team in in the Big Ten still there's a pretty serious case for it.
0: Let's turn to the Big 12 now. Josh Newman joining us from Ashbury Park Press. They got upset on December 22nd by Temple. 77-52 to 52 nonetheless. And now Bill South Kansas, Jayhawks have won five in a row. This team looks like they're back on track. But they've got three more straight games now against ranked opponents. And it starts at Hilton on Saturday night. And Josh, I think we're waiting. That's one thing, waiting. You're kind of waiting. You don't want to say it. I'm not ready to say it. I'm not ready to say that Kansas is going to go down in the Big 12, that they're going to take a backseat. But you know what? If there were a time, maybe it's time, for Hoiberg's game to to get it done and his game in the way Iowa State plays offense. Is this the year that we see the Cyclones take the next step in the Big 12 conference?
1: You would like to think that right now, and I understand why you feel like that because, you know, Iowa State coming off a huge season last year, playing well now, but Kansas has won uh, a lot of Big 12 titles, and Bill Self has done a lot with that, and, you know, they that's another team. They win. They seemingly win the Big 12 every year, and it's not every year that they have the most talent, and maybe they don't have the most talent this year, but they certainly have enough where I'm not ready to, mm-hmm. to knock Kansas off the pedestal just yet, and even... You know, if you want to make Iowa State the main contender, that's fair, but the Big 12 is loaded this year. It's, you know, how about Jawan Staten
0: in West Virginia?
1: Oh, West Virginia. I was at West Virginia when Mammoth played down there for the opener. You know, uh, Jawan Staten is a tremendous point guard, Big 12 preseason player of the year. So, you know, West Virginia and their their pressure and their pressure defense. Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor, it's just never-ending parade of ranked right teams. But yeah. to answer your question, I'm, I'm not quite ready to knock uh, Candace off that pedestal just yet. I, I think they have enough talent um, to potentially get it done again.
0: Now, this team in action at 9 o'clock on Saturday night, Bill Self, Jayhawks, and they got blown away by Temple. But you know what? Sometimes that can be the best thing that can happen to a team. Uh, you said it though. I'm looking forward. They don't face West Virginia, face them twice, but they don't face until February 16th, and they got to go to Morgantown. I got to think, Josh. Josh Newman joins from the Ashbury Park Press. With the way West Virginia matches up with teams, a guy like Staten could give Kansas a team that, you know what, a point guard going in the season with a question mark. That could really be a, a more of a problem matchup on paper than you would think Iowa State would be for the Jayhawks. I don't know what you think of that, but I, I could tell you, I love what Huggins has done this season. Oh, I'm I'm completely with you. They um,
1: He brought in uh, – not that he brought in, but they were dealing with a lot of new pieces this year at West Virginia. Yeah. I believe it was seven new players for Bob Huggins, but he got them going early, and, you know, it's that old-school, early 90s type of Bob mm-hmm. Huggins pressure, tough physical defense. And people don't, people maybe don't realize this. They have two losses. The two losses are by a combined. They're three points from being undefeated on January 15th. So it, it's not easy to go into Morgantown, into WVU Coliseum. You know that game on February 16th against Kansas. The place is, is going to be rocking. It, it's not a gimme for Kansas. Just like this whole Big 12 season, not a gimme for Kansas, especially going down to a place like Morgantown.
0: Josh, before we get back locally to some teams before we wrap up the show, I think big showdown. I mean, that's an understatement probably, but if the Pac-12 is ever going to have that big-time spotlight, it's on Saturday when Dalon Wright and Utah take on Arizona. And I'm going to go out on the limb, and I'm, I'll tell you what, the way Utah's planned, their offense, so fantastic. I will take the youth in that game. Now, it's in Tucson, but Arizona, you just think – Josh, I thought that team could be a Final Four team. Not that they can't still be, but the lack of scoring is a concern.
1: It is. It is. You're right. And, you know, I remember watching Arizona uh, uh, during uh, like the Maui invite over the holidays, and Stanley Johnson's playing at a really high level. And you're thinking, yeah, like this is the Arizona team that's going to get Sean Miller over the hump. But, as you said, scoring, it's a problem. You can play all the defense you want. You can be physical, and you can be intimidating but you have to put the ball in in the hole and arizona hasn't done that nearly enough to uh to the point where you know you would really start to trust them as a potential final four team utah as you said playing at a at a very very high level and that and, and that's a statement game for um that's a statement game for utah going into tucson playing in a tough road environment uh you know big crowd national television that's a big spot for utah and if you you know, if, if, if there's gonna be uh, a changing of the guard per se, or there's gonna be a new kid on the block who's gonna who's gonna step up in the pack twelve, that's a big spot for Utah to get that done uh,
0: this weekend. Josh Newman joining us from Ashbury Park Press. All right, Saint John has a big East win. They went to Providence and got it done. <laughs> and now they're gonna be taken on to Pineau. I, I know you chuckle because with the red storm there's never a dull moment with them and you know what? This team. We we were sitting there on New Year's Eve. We thought, man, everywhere Seton Hall matches up with them. St. John's just is fought out better. Uh, all of a sudden, now uh, the Red Storm started one. three. They get on the board, though. They get a win. Josh, uh, can this team get back on track and be a top half of the team in a Big East conference that really has been flashy to say the least?
1: Oh, they can. No, there's no doubt about that. Um, obviously, you know, it's oh. a, a tough a tough start. In the conference, they they went up to Providence. They you know they got that done. They got on the board with a Big East win. Now, uh, for my money, if I was voting for a Big East player of the year right now, <laughs> now I'm being honest. If I'm voting for Big East player of the year right now, it's D'Angelo Harrison, hands down. So any game St. John's plays in, they're going to have the best player on the floor. The problem and they is, need him to be the best player on the floor, Josh. Oh, every night because they have no, no depth. They're going six deep. And he, you know, D'Angelo Harrison is playing heavy minutes. I don't know if you can get into February and you know continue on into March with going only six deep and pushing, you know, Harrison and and Phil Green and Chris Obekpa and uh, Sir Dominic Pointer, you know, thirty, thirty-two minutes, thirty-five minutes. But I do think that group is capable. It is a very talented group. Um, I think a fair comparison that other people have brought up recently, uh, Providence won the Big East Tournament last year playing six guys, literally six guys. That's it. And if St. John's is going to make a similar run and get back on track here, they're going to have to do it with six guys too. They are talented, so uh, I suppose time will tell on
0: that one. Josh Newman, just before we wrap up the show, a little bit crowded up at the top of the MAC thus far, my friend, and you cover Momet, a lot of coverage of them and the rest of the MAC. Uh, how has this conference played out thus far? I mean, it's has had its own drama early on, and I think we're in for quite a ride.
1: Yeah, it's getting a little crazy. Um, you know, Iona is currently the only one-loss team in the conference. The one loss uh, came to Monmouth back on December 7th. Uh, you know, it's, so, it's Iona. And then it's really a logjam. You know, teams, you know, Monmouth, Ryder, uh, Manhattan's right there. Uh St Peter's is playing well. Quinnipiac is starting to wake up, so there's a feeling you know within the conference that you know teams you know two through eight or two through nine, any of those teams are, are, are yeah it's it's really a lot of parody. it's pretty deep, you know teams two through nine at, at this point are really feeling like you know that they have a shot once March rolls around, once the Mac turner rolls around um you know Monmouth can be in that mix having already beaten Iona. You know, they need to find some more uh, some more consistency a little more often in some of these close games that they keep losing, but uh it's early and uh it's been it's been fun so far with a lot of teams kind of bunched
0: together that will be quite a conference tournament come march that's gonna it always has madness, so it had madness last year, and you know what you were naming teams down the line there, and I think you brought up Manhattan I want to say fourth or fifth Josh. and when they're uh, that far back in the discussion it just shows how much drama. There is my friend. But it has been a pleasure to have you here tonight on the show. Josh, we are running out of time, but we can find you writing for the Ashbury Park Press as well as a contributor to SMY. Thanks so much for your time tonight. All right, John. Thanks for having me. And for Josh Newman, I'm John Fanta. Folks, we are just winding down here. Go to collegehoopsdigest.com for all your college basketball news. For late night hoops, good night, everybody. See ya.